With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Quest Chronicles Podcast. This is Matt here, along with Dina. And we're here to um, kind of wrap up spring practice. Spring camp is done with. It's, it's finally over with after four long after well, good four long weeks of um, of camp. We finally got some some answers. Um, within we we got some answers from spring camp. We got a chance to see some players show out. We also have some more questions that we have to ask. Um, so. We'll go ahead. We'll jump right to it. Dina, Dina, how are you doing today? Good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, can't complain. It's been a, a pretty interesting weekend. But heard a, a, a lot about spring ball. Heard, uh, heard a lot about um, some interesting things, especially from the last practice at of camp, actually, and I know you got to go to the final practice of camp. Um, also had to go through a uh, the book festival on campus yeah, that they usually yeah. hold. <laughs> Your favorite thing in the world to do. So, Dino, um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give you the floor on what you saw during spring practice. Again, this was a uh, last week was the last week of spring camp. Before, um, before their release, before anyone else could really be, before coaches could really be with players at that time. But what did you, uh, what did you notice from, from Saturday's practice? I know it was the final practice, but what was it that you noticed? What did you see? And what were some impressions from, um, from camp? Why don't you go ahead and tell us the full experience from practice? Yeah. So I've been to, Probably like 10, maybe 10 practices, maybe more. Um, but this is the first, the first one I've been to this year. Um, actually the first one I've been to since 2017. So this was the most upbeat, energetic practice I've, I've ever been to. I mean, the energy, you know, the coaches were yelling, the players were yelling. Um, it was just a different vibe than any other practice I'd been to within the past couple of years. Um, I got to meet Marquis Steph's mom, Mrs. Steph. She's, she's a cool woman. Uh, she was walking by and I saw her name tag and, um, said hello to her, got to talk with her. Um, we loved when, when Helton was making them do up downs for that little skirmish they had between Michael Pittman Jr. and the and the quarterback, um, he was cussing him out. I don't I don't think I've ever heard Kelton cuss like that. It was kind of funny, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the highlight the highlight of practice. Um, 
in my opinion, was Tyler Vaughn's had a really good catch over over a defender. He kind of like he he went he jumped for it and he caught it, but the way the defender was kind of pushing him after he caught it, it caused him to like land and almost like do this land in a position where it almost looked like he was gonna hike the ball, and then he sprang back up. It was weird. What is a wild catch? Um, the defense looked good. They were good stopping the run. No, no running back really had a break for for a long run. Um, during a scrimmage portion, J T. Daniels kind of got sandwiched, which was I thought was odd since he has the you know the no contact jersey on. Um. The quarterbacks, they were all pretty even. I didn't really think anyone stood out more than more than anyone else. I think if I had to pick, I'd say JT Daniels had the had a solid day. Um, he was the most impressive. There wasn't really a lot of misfires. Um, Sears. Sears had a good day, but then there was some there was some misfires. Fink, pretty solid. I didn't really see a lot of misfires there. Slovis, I think he he didn't have a strong as strong a day as he had in the spring game. Um, he almost got picked once. Uh, he had a, a few more misfires than so. the rest of the quarterbacks, but. So, so from the sound of it, it sounds like none of the quarterbacks really, how can I put it? None of the quarterbacks really set themselves apart. Yeah. From no, really on, on Saturday, because from what I've been hearing is that really there's been no separation. And I don't know if that's really a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if that's more of because the offense is a lot more simple and tailored towards where the quarterback is not thinking a lot. So I don't know if, if that's the case or anything. I mean what do you what do you take from that? Yeah, no one really no one really set themselves apart, um, at least in this practice. As for the tempo, I don't know if it's just me, but I didn't really notice the up tempo. To me it just seemed like their normal tempo, but right. maybe that was just me. Um which is interesting because everyone knows Graham Harrell wants to go up tempo. Um, Carr looked good. He looked good on, at practice. He had a couple good runs, um, a couple good catches. Um, who else looked good? Um, what's his name? It was very vocal. Why can I not think of his name? Hunter Eccles? Yes. No. Yes. Hunter Eccles was the most vocal out there. <laughs> he was the loudest. Um Yeah, he put up on he put up on Instagram there's a picture of him yelling. Yeah, he was very at, competitive at practice on Saturday. Um I did see that there was a, a at the beginning there was a special teams portion. They were oh, working so on 
So there was special teams. Yeah, they were working on uh, punting and punt returns. Um, that new that new Australian punter looked pretty good. He's huge in person. Um, you know, every punt was back as far as it back as far as the as the receiver was going was standing there. So um, Amon Ross St. Brown had a good return. Um, Tyler Bonds had a good return. I think those are the only two that I saw or that I noticed were took it back for a long return. Um, they had a field goal or extra point kicking um, portion. Michael Brown looked good. Um, there wasn't too many misses there. What else was there? As long as special teams look like it's on track, I yeah, think. Yeah, special teams look good. The kickers look good. The punter look good. Um, returns are, are uh, well, besides Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Tyler Vaughn, there's nothing really changed there. It's not like they're running it back to the house. Um, let's see. Helton brought an ice cream truck in at the end. <laughs> St. Brown did have a strong practice, though. He was weaving in and out um, of defender to get to the end zone a couple times. Um, I, yeah, but other than that, I'd say Taylor Vaughn's definitely had the play of practice. If I had to pick three guys that had the, the strongest practice, I'd say Tyler Vaughn's. Alvin Ross St. Brown and let's see. And uh car. And car? Yeah, car looked good. I've I've heard a, I've heard uh I've heard a lot about about Carr and honestly I think that's good if he can stay healthy I think Carr will will do end up doing amazing things honestly if he can again if he can stay um if he can stay healthy then that'll be great. There was a couple of recruits there at practice too. There was um well Signe Ethan Ray will be there in the in the fall, Jason Rodriguez also will be there in the fall. Right. Um, as for recruits, there was the um, the quarterback, the Narvon quarterback, um, Jake Garcia. He was there. Um, the recruits, the recruits were on the other side of the the field, so I didn't really catch a good look at who was there besides Jake. Um, yeah, I didn't see anybody else up close that I could, that I rec- recognized. Um, 
Now, I will say, um, honestly, and I, this is going back to what the Graham Harrell offense and everything, when I was watching the spring showcase, it looked like they were moving pretty fast. It looked like they were moving pretty quickly. Um, and then based off of other reports, it, it, everything lines up to what you said as well as far as the vibe at practice just seemed different. And it's not like a bad different or anything like a this is very uncomfortable different, but like a good different, a refreshing yeah. different. And I think it has a lot to do with coaching. I think a Definitely. lot of it has to do with uh, with coaching and new voices and new styles and new new ways of doing things. And I maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just how I how I view it. Um I think that's just need, that's just needed. Like that was something that USC needed was that they needed to hear a new voice, you know, needed new voices, new styles, something to change it up. Because a lot of these a lot of these coaches have been around for almost uh, quite a few, quite a while actually. Some of these coaches have been around for quite a while, and sometimes you know, sometimes there's no results. To win the new guy, and not only that, but it's a lot of it was a lot of guys who were coaching for the first time or who weren't used to coaching certain positions. Now you got guys who are known, you know, you know, you have guys who are known to have success at the college level, like a, a, a like a Chad K, who coached Boise State's defensive line, which ended up being in the top ten, like a Graham Harrell who has success at North Texas, you know, and success as a quarterback. Like a um who else am I missing? Um um you know, guys like that, it it helps and I think that is something that USC needed. And my thing right now is just I just want to see I just want to see how this translates into a game. Right. Because this this practice is definitely the most I'd ever heard the coaches yell. Like Clay Helton was out there being vocal, yelling. Clancy ben- Pendergast, be- wow, Clancy Pendergast, he was raising his voice. Um, and then Graham Harrell was was out there yelling too. I, you know, when I went to practices in 2017, Helton was. I didn't really hear him that much. I mean, he was almost like he was just watching, like just standing on the sidelines, just watching it. But in this practice, I could tell he was actually engaged. He was actually coaching and, you know, not afraid to let his voice be heard. And the same with, um, with, um, Graham Harrell. Um, he was very vocal during this practice. I don't really remember in 2017. Um, uh, what was the offensive coordinator? I don't know why I'm blanking. It's like Team Martin. No, quarterback coach. Oh, uh, Brian Brian Ellis. Brian Ellis. Yeah, I don't really remember Brian Ellis being vocal like that, like, like Graham Harrell is, um, which is nice. I mean, you want coaches to be vocal. You want them to yell. That's why they're a coach. Um, 
you know, and even though, and what Helton was saying to them when he was, when he was yelling at them for, for, for fighting with each other, it was, look, you can't do this in a game. Because you, two guys would be out of the game. And then we'd be down. Down a couple players. So, y'all better knock this off because <laughs> that's not gonna fly in a game. The refs will throw you out. And it's true. Me and, me and Mrs. Step were there like, he's right. I mean, we got no time for nonsense this season. You gotta cut that crap out. Especially after a, um, especially after a, a, a five and seven season. You know, yeah. nobody really has time to really do stuff like that. I think Helton, and that speaks to the the disciplining factor that people have been been saying this this season about Helton disciplining these guys as they should be. Yeah, I mean they should. I, I mean, if you look at it, Helton, I'll give Helton this. At least Helton is. At least Helton is trying, because a lot of people thought. Oh, Helton isn't doing it. Helton. At least Helton's been trying. We'll say that much. Now, what will it mean? What will it, you know, will it, will it mean anything going forward? Will it, we don't know. Again, we don't know until, um, how can I put it? Until the season starts. Yeah, that's true. So, until that happens, I mean, granted, USC looked good in spring practice, but then again, everybody looks good in spring practice. But I think this is where you could see USC actually make a turnaround. And I think, I'm trying to figure out how to put it. It, it could be possible, although USC's first five games are brutal. First five to six games are brutal. They have a, a, a brutal a, a brutal schedule heading into the season. And that's gonna be interesting to see is how they manage that. But not only that, but um to see who uh what bodies they'll have and everything. Now, we mentioned on the last podcast we don't know what the quarterback situation is as far as who's in what position. We don't you know, none of the quarterbacks really separated themselves. But I think we both agreed if you were, if you had to have a game, if you were, if you had a game coming up this week, who would your starter be? I think we, we both agreed JT Daniels would be the starter. And I think that is the, that could be the situation we're seeing. Um, that will be the situation we could see heading into Fresno State. Now, the issue with that is that the issue with JT is that JT overthinks himself too much at times. Mm-hmm. I think that is the issue with JT Daniels sometimes is that he tends to overthink it. And the fact that this court, this offense is just to simplify and to keep things simple, that says a lot, you know, it, it, it's trying to keep everything simple. It's trying to keep things to where they're not really overdoing it, and yet here they are overdoing it. <laughs> so, I mean, what would you say? What would what would you say? Um, 
how can I put this? What would you say, is it still the same a week later? Would you, or, or would you start JT Daniels still if you had to start a game that week? Or would you go a different direction? I would start JT, but he'd be on a short leash. If I felt he wasn't performing well during the game, I'd pull him and I'd put someone else in there. It's a fair honest. That's a fair statement. You that know, I wouldn't. A- I wouldn't hesitate to replace him with Matt Fink or Jack Sears or even Slovis. Right. Um. You know, second quarter, third quarter, whenever, whenever I felt that a change needed to be made, that he wasn't going to be able to get the job done. Right. Right. No, I mean it's that is a fair. That is an honest and fair assessment there. That is a very honest and fair assessment right there. I think um I think that should that should ahead. necessarily be true for every team, but for a team where you don't really have a steady starting quarterback, right. I don't think there should be any any hesitation with benching someone and putting well, someone else in. Well that was I think the Helton was, has an issue with Exactly. That was the that was the issue Helton had last year. Remember, we talked about that with um with 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 Toa Lobus Lobuston or Lobendon. Yes, Lobendon. Thank you. That was the issue he had, he had because he had numerous amount of snap issues. Um, and seeing that we're on snap issues and and linemen and centers. What did you see from the offensive line? Like that's a that's a position we never really talk about is the offensive line because it seems like right now USC has a steady has a steady offensive line that they want to roll with. So, what is your take on the offensive line? Because we never talk about them. I did see a couple pocket collapses. Um, Matt Fink mishandled the snap, whether that was, I couldn't tell if it was his error or the center's error. Um, but other than that, there wasn't, like, they were pretty solid. Because I know that's, um, that was the number one thing that was, that was, that everybody wanted to really discuss was that what was the offensive line going to look like? I mean, that's just that was just a huge thing that I really I think needed to be um touched on. Yeah. Yeah, they look good. They look good. Um, you know, just those couple pocket collapses and that mishandled snap. There wasn't anything major. Okay. Oh ooh, excuse me. Oh my goodness. For those who don't know we were recording late right now. So excuse us. Um, so going into the fall, as we, as we get ready to go into fall camp, what do, what are your expectations? What are you expecting from, you know, what are you expecting from, um, from this team moving forward? What, what are some positions to keep an eye on? You know, have we, have we moved closer to, Anything like have we moved closer towards how can I put this? 
have we moved closer towards finding a um a quarterback or where where are we at with the on defense like what what are your thoughts honestly going into the fall yeah well obviously quarterback um center between Brett Elon and just Justin Dedit Dedich um yes. Defensive tackle between Brandon Peely and Mar- Marlon Tui Pulotu um, and Jay Tufele. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to look for the edge rusher because of the loss of Port Augustine to the NFL draft. Right. Um, Chris- Christian Rector is also, all, um, obviously the veteran there. Um, but you also have. Um, Abdul Malik McLean, um, Kenai Malga, Drake Jackson, all competing for, for a spot to get at the quarterback. Um, you know, there's, you gotta watch the cornerback position because you, you were losing Eamon Marshall. Um, you know, USC's solid. Solid guy there. So Greg John, Greg Johnson, Elijah Griffin, um, Isaac Taylor Stewart are all going to be battling for that number one spot. Um, inside linebacker, we're 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 assuming it's um, Palai Gayo Teote. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, Gayo Teote has that solidified right now. There's a lot of people that have been talking him up. If he's not going to be inside, he's going to be a wheel. So he's going to be starting next to uh, Houston. Let's see what else. Tight end. Um, I don't think Amater Bebe is going to be healthy. And even if he is, um, we, you have um, – Jude Wolf coming in. You have Ethan Ray coming in. You have um, um, Josh Follow, who was very productive last year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that that position develop over fall camp when when Ethan Ray gets on campus. Um, Jude Wolf is he already on campus? I think so, but I think he's, he's injured. He's injured. We that I know. Um, running backs, obviously, it's going to be Malapea and Carr. Um, but Marquis Step, I mean, he's been showing good things in spring, so hopefully he'll get uh, thrown into the rotation, which I'm, he, I'm assuming he will. Um, but I think yeah, that's, those are the big um the big position groups that you should be watching. Well, I know as as spring as spring get ready to uh to roll around, I can say I for one am how can I put this? I for one am excited to see what this team does moving forward. I hope this means that we um 
I, I mean, I hope it, I, I hope it means that we'll see more of what this team can do going forward. At the same time, you know, at the same time, I just want to see, I just want to see what USC does to rebound from last season. I think right. at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to see. I think at the end of the day, that's every that's something everybody wants to see is how does this team bounce back? Right. How how will this team bounce back from last year's embarrassment? That's what we're all waiting to see. And I guess we'll have to um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what what happens. You know, we'll have to wait and see what this team does what this team does um, come coming in the next season. So I, for one, am excited. And Dina, thank you for the practice update. I, we, of course, really appreciate it. Um, now, I do have to ask this question, though. Mm-hmm. I, I will have to, I will ask this question. What was... You're, I mean, did, did you feel that there's more competitiveness in practice than you've ever seen? Because remember, there's been talks about how practice wasn't really competitive, how they weren't really in pads, tackling, hitting, or anything. Did you feel that practice was way more competitive than years past? Yes, for sure. Um, on Saturday, they were in pads. Everything was live. Um I mean, you could just feel it. The energy was charged. You could just, it was a lot different than previous practices over the years, over the recent years. Okay. I, I, I just figured out. They weren't, they weren't afraid to hit, that was for sure. (laughs) Oh, I believe it. Well, I mean, they better not be afraid to hit. Like, shouldn't be afraid to hit. If you know if you if you know you can hit correctly, right? That should be the huge. That should be the main thing. But other than that, um, I'm, other than that, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this team come fall, come summer camp and fall camp, which that will be coming right around the corner actually. So that'll be coming soon. But uh, we have more. We have more uh, USC news actually we have more usc news that we want to um that we have that we have to share actually usc ended up getting two transfers in today as everyone knows uh usc ended up getting grad transfer quentin adlish from columbia who is i believe was one of columbia's um top three point shooters and one of the top scorers in the ivy league well, they got another three-point shooter, and um, and Noah—I forgot his name already. Um, see, this is what happened. Noah Bauman. Thank you, and Noah Bauman. They—they uh, they ended up getting two grad transfer, or not two grad transfers, but they got two transfers and Noah Bauman. And in um and in Daniel Utomi, who is a highly regarded uh grad transfer, one of the most sought off 
after grad transfers in the uh, transfer portal. Uh, Atomi co- is coming from university, from Akron University in Ohio, where he averaged 14.5 points a game and 5.5 rebounds a game. Um, Bo- Bowman, Bowman actually is a transfer from San Jose State. He was, he shot 45% from the outside. USC needed three point shooting. Desperately needed three point shooting, especially with Beanie Boatwright leaving, uh, for the NBA, or not for the NBA draft, but for, due to graduation and Kevin Porter Jr. leaving for the NBA draft. But Bowman won't, likely won't be eligible until the 2020, 2021 season. Uh, so he'll have to sit out a year. While Atomi is eligible to play right away. So I think USC now filled all of it. Um, everybody on roster is on scholarship. They have some depth for the upcoming season on top of the, uh, on top of their recruiting class that is tops in the NCAA. Well, not tops in the NCAA, but in the top five, actually. They're in the top five. You gotta excuse me. They're in the top five, but um, this is. It was a. How can I say? It, it was a actually a really, really good day for USC basketball, which is something we don't really get to say a lot. <laughs> we really don't. We honestly don't get to say that a lot. Like, oh, it's, it was a good day for USC basketball. What? It, like everybody will look at me like, wait. That happens, so there's that. There is that. But moving on, Dina, you did ask a question for everyone to answer in regards to tailgating, and let's go ahead and let's let's hear about that. Actually, yeah. So I asked um, on Twitter, you can bring one food. Item to a tailgate. What are you bringing? You can only bring one food, and we got a few answers. Um, Michael B. Beaver said that him and a buddy would bring beef and St. Louis rib dinners from Lucille's and a case of beers. Um, that was the most mobile thing for them. They wouldn't have to make a lot of trips back to the car. Um, Marcos Garcia said he'd bring breakfast burritos. Okay. Uh, W.T. Lee said a Howlin' Ray's wings. Angry underscore Buddha said TV tells me it's hummus. I'm assuming there was a commercial. Wait, wait, wait. A tailgate commercial with hummus. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Did he just say hummus? That he would bring hummus? (laughs) Hummus is bomb. I'd be down. No, okay. We got to have this conversation. So, break here. We got to pause. So, I think of all places, the last place, the last thing you want to bring to a tailgate is hummus. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's where we got to draw the line here. I had hummus at a tailgate in Stanford one time. Never again. You don't like it? They had hummus and wine. That I sounds bougie. That sounds I, like something a Stanford delegate would have. I'm sorry. I don't have anything wrong with hummus. 
I just think you don't bring it to a tailgate. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think you bring hummus to a tailgate. That's a dip. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm more. I mean, it wouldn't be a, my first choice. Nacho. I'd rather have like onion dip, but I would bring like nachos and stuff like that. You know, like. I think I, out of the replies, the breakfast burritos was my favorite. I'd eat that. Really? I've had bre- breakfast burritos at a tailgate before. That actually would be good, especially people who show up in the morning. That would be good. We should get breakfast burritos before the game. Yes, I'm so down for that. I'm so down for that. I think you can get them. I think there's a, oh, my God, what's that place down the street from USC where you uh, you can get them? The Mexican place? Yes. Well, there's two right across the street from each other, but. I know the one. Okay, the shack looking one. I've had a bit yes. of it, and it wasn't good. What? But maybe that was just. I forget what I got. But I'm picky with meat, so. Okay, that explains why. And then the other place. What's it called? It has the sign Matt Barkley jersey, hanging in there. I I know. I, I wasn't know really a fan of that place either. Is there a place that you are a fan of? <laughs> I'm just picky with meat, and I feel like, well, the, one, not, the Mexican places I've been to in L.A. don't really care about fatty meat. Like, I don't like fatty meat. I don't like see, fatty beef. You got to go to, like, 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 taco trucks chicken. and stuff like that. <laughs> you got to go, like, to taco trucks. Yeah, I should. I think that's what it is. You know what I've always wanted to try is those, but I'm scared to try it because it just seems so non-sanitary. What's is that? those hot dogs they sell outside the Coliseum with the people just you you with know their little what carts that are also a stove or that, a grill? That is like a, a okay. So I had a personal experience with that before. It was they good and bad. Hands. I don't know if I would want <laughs> want that. It was good After and bad. After sweating, not well, washing my pants. See, well, I had one before, and I was fine until I was in the car, and then my system kind of just shut down, and oh, no. I started, I started sweating. I got lightheaded. I started sweating and all of that stuff. Are you sure it wasn't dehydration? <laughs> I, it could have been dehydrate, but it was after I ate the hot dog. So there was oh. no coincidence that it was from. So the danger dogs, that's why it's yeah, like. A, I don't know about that. I don't want to. Hit or miss with them. I'd rather pay $7 for a hot dog in the Coliseum. <laughs> that's why I was like, yeah, maybe I might want to. You know, pass on that. It's from then on. So, I mean, it just depends really on like your preference and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I'm picky with with meats and food. Not not picky with food, but picky of the quality of it. Right. Like, yeah, so I've never done one of those dogs. Trust me, you're not missing much. Ooh. You know what? This isn't a food item, it's a drink, but you know what I'd bring to a tailgate is agua fresca. I thought we were talking about bringing foods here, not drink. That's what I said. It's not food, it's a drink. Oh, I like that. It's up there with Besides the guy. Besides alcohol, because that's the boring, the most boring answer. Like everyone's gonna that's say alcohol, most, alcohol, alcohol. That's the most generic answer because everybody's bringing that. Like, I don't care about alcohol. I'm, I don't. I really don't either. I really, I don't like to get drunk. I've never been drunk. You're not missing much. No. It makes me tired. So why would I want to drink it before a game? Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. And, and plus, like, why would you want to? I don't know. I'm. I know I'm going to get annihilated for this, but why would you want to drink alcohol on a ninety ninety degree day right before a game? That's dehydration city. Because they have to endure the pain of what the heck they're about to watch last season. <laughs> that sounds fair. That sounds like a fair answer. Like That's, a big barrel of horchata or a big barrel of like some cucumber lime. Alba fresca. sounds good. Okay, now I'm thirsty all over again. That sounds freaking bomb. Sounds, I'd take that over fireball or... Vodka, whatever else they drink. Beer, gross. I don't like beer or vodka. Horchata sounds good. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Now I want horchata now. Thanks. Sounds bomb. Now I want it too. Now I want it. Um, what's the one interesting food that you had at a tailgate? Let's let's go ahead and, and ask that. Seeing we're on this subject. Um. I haven't really had an interesting one. It's just been the basic, like, burger, hot dog, like, Philly cheesesteak sandwich type thing. Really? Yeah. I've had... I've had a buffalo burger before. Interesting. From from buffalo meat. I'm not a fan. I, I mean, I've, I've only had, had it once in Chile, but I wasn't a fan. I've had that. It was okay. Um, I've had tacos, like actually made tacos. Um, as far as anything else that comes to mind. That should be another question. What's the, I'll ask that tomorrow. What's like, the, What's the, What's the most weirdest tailgate food you've ever had? I can't. There hasn't been much as far as like tailgate food like that, you know. Like there hasn't been much that I can think of, honestly. Yeah, there hasn't. There's not much that I can really think of. Other than Buffalo Burgers, but that's about it. That's really about it, honestly. 
I'm trying to think. Like, I don't, I don't know what else I've really had like that. Like, I would really have to, I would really have to really, really think about it now. Yeah, I've never really had anything weird. Tailgate. Tailgate-wise? No. No, I haven't had much weird tailgate-wise. Yeah, I haven't had anything weird tailgate-wise like that. But other than that, I think that is about it, actually. Um, want go ahead. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me at Matt A Lowry on Twitter. You can follow me at Always Compete. And you can also listen to us on uh, on. I, Apple iTunes, we're struggling right now, on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and uh, Spotify. Spotify. And, yeah, that. <laughs> There's no L. <laughs> Spotify. There. Until then, fight on, everyone. Fight on.